Our text for this morning's meditation is from 1 Corinthians, these words, So I do not run aimlessly. I do not run aimlessly. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, with the Sunday of the Transfiguration last Sunday, with the Sunday of the Transfiguration behind us, we now begin a time of hearing of our Savior's single-minded journey towards the city of Jerusalem. He is going up to Jerusalem for the expressed purpose of his crucifixion, his death, his resurrection, then his ascension. Now, we read about the transfiguration in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark and Luke, but it's only in Luke, only in Luke where we're told what Jesus was talking to Moses, what he was talking to Elijah about on the Mount of Transfiguration there. For in Luke, the topic of conversation is indeed recorded for us. What did they talk about? What did Moses, Jesus, and Elijah talk about there? Well, they talked about the fact that Jesus was heading to Jerusalem to bring everything to a conclusion, to depart from his disciples visibly by means of his suffering and death and resurrection and then, of course, ascension. That was the topic of conversation there on the Mount of Transfiguration. And so that's why. That's why on this Septuagesima Sunday, we begin that journey with Jesus, that single-minded journey to Jerusalem, to his visible departure from among us. Septuagesima, kind of a funny word. Uh, What does it mean? It means about 70 as in about 70 days before Easter. And sexagesima, next Sunday, well, you can guess it, it means about 60 days before Easter, and then that's followed by quinquagesima Sunday, that's about 50 days before Easter. No, we haven't hit Ash Wednesday yet, nor the season of Lent, and yet our minds are and hearts over the next three Sundays, before Ash Wednesday, before Lent, will be set by our readings to point us already to Jerusalem, to the cross and grave and resurrection of Jesus. Now, Son of God, we have to remember, the Son of God did not become man simply in order to be able to walk around on the earth for 33 years or so to experience what it was like to be a human being. No, God became man in Jesus Christ for a very specific purpose. And oddly enough, we, we through our baptisms into Christ, are recreated also for a very specific purpose, and that is to live, to live like our Savior Jesus. In whatever situation, whatever calling, whatever culture or time in history we find ourselves in. In fact, we are to pursue such Christ-likeness daily, living as Christians with the express purpose not only of becoming more and more like Christ, but also with the ancillary purpose of not falling away, of not falling away from Christ in our recalcitrance, in our laziness, in our haphazard embracing of our Savior through faith. 
I mean, it's easy. It's easy to think of the Christian life like that. It's easy to think of the Christian life like that, like somehow by the grace of God through faith in Christ, no effort is needed on our part to live actually as Christians. For we simply daily, so this thinking, knowing that our sins are forgiven, don't sweat the small stuff. Just don't sweat it. I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? We're saved, we're forgiven. God has given us our Christianity. Let us enjoy it, might be our thinking here. But if that is how, if that is how we view our life in Christ, then, you know, we're no better than that co-worker we had at work. You remember the one, the one who was so happy, so relieved to get hired for there was a paycheck and there was health care and there was a 401k and that being the case, what was the point actually of trying hard to be a good employee? Instead, why not enjoy all the perks at the office, the time out of the house, the socializing in one form or another, the paycheck? I mean, why worry about doing the, the job the right way in the way expected? Just do the bare minimum and enjoy all the perks. We've all had co-workers like that. Working at Taco Bell, for example, in high school, such a co-worker would make the eight-hour sh shift seem so much longer by not doing even the simplest tasks required, putting the responsibility for the serving of food on all the rest of us, and somehow they would get away with it, at least for a while. And then what? Well, warnings. Warnings would come, and after three warnings, a firing. Now, we've noted in our Old Testament reading, we heard about how the children of Israel quarreled with Moses. Yes, they had been redeemed from slavery in Egypt. Yes, they had crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, and daily, daily already they were receiving manna from heaven. And yet the children of Israel complained the miraculous nature of their status before God completely ignored. So they complained. Complained to Moses that they didn't have what they needed, and that is water. So the God who had so miraculously delivered them from slavery was going to let them die of thirst in the wilderness? Hardly. But so the attitude of the ones whose newfound position does not bring on a sense of greater responsibility, but a release from self-control. And that's not the Christian life. The Christian life is not a life in which rejoicing in the grace of God from which he showers us daily with the gift of the forgiveness of sin. We then proceed to enjoy sin, enjoy whatever sin that becomes available to us, understanding the freedom of the gospel to be just that, a freedom to sin. But it's not. In fact, the problem is that when the new man is created within us by the Holy Spirit, a very specific challenge arises. And that challenge for the new man within us is to keep the old Adam under control. Apostle Paul, therefore, talks about disciplining his body and keeping it under control, lest after preaching to others he would be disqualified. That is, be dragged from faith by sin. Here I should mention a testimonial, testimonial I heard on the radio this week, I think it was on CCO, so maybe some of you heard it as well, of a woman, a woman who graduated from high school, and she graduated from college, and she graduated from graduate school, and she got married, and she bought a home, and she had children, and then fell into heroin addiction. 
and almost died from it. No, sin is not just like heroin addiction, but it certainly can have just as devastating consequences, especially if we blithely participate in it with no thought of its immediate dangers or long-term consequences. Discipline is needed. And so what is needed, first and foremost, is the acknowledgement of the fact that our old Adam you know, is, is capable of all sorts of horrible things. And if left unchecked, certainly will pursue them. So, what is part? What is part of the Christian life? Well, something as simple as a good night sleep. Why? Why is something as simple as a good night sleep part of the Christian life? Well, when we don't get enough sleep, when we don't get enough sleep, we don't think right, we don't feel right, we expose ourselves to greater risks of sickness, and we certainly can say and do the wrong things. I mean, think here of what was driving the Israelites' complaints in our Old Testament reading. What was driving those complaints? Their bodies, right? Their bodies, their, their bodies in need of water. We could say the same thing about the parable, right, in the gospel reading. What was driving their complaints? We have borne the heat of the day. We're sick, we're tired, we just want to go home, give us some money. No, by getting a good night's sleep, we're not somehow behaving ourselves to heaven. What we are doing is acknowledging the weakness of our flesh and doing what we can do to control it to the best of our abilities but maybe sleep isn't an issue for us. Maybe there's something we eat or drink or some habit that we have that we know causes trouble in one form or another in our bodies, eventually affecting our hearts and our mind. Think here, for example, of the diabetic. The diabetic who ignores his doctor's orders and eats whatever he wants to eat and with blood sugar all messed up, lashes out at everyone around him. That's the case. Maybe time to consider what is at stake by continuing to live in such a way. Yes, I know this is simple stuff, but it's important stuff. Our run as Christians through life is not aimless. We do what we do daily, living in the grace of God through faith in our Savior, a faith which acquires the forgiveness of sin for us, even our sin of recalcitrance, is a purposeful attempt to express the love created within us by the Holy Spirit of God to our Father in heaven and to all those around us. But how can we do that? How can we do that if, if, if we ourselves, how can we do that if we ourselves uh, are living without aim? Allowing our old Adams to dictate our life as, as they run amok within us or as it runs amok within each one of us individually. Now, perhaps the most vivid example of this conflict between the old Adam and the new man for a Christian is when baby number one arrives. Parents struggle with feedings and diaper changes, or is that really the problem? I mean, do parents really struggle with the baby? Or do parents struggle with themselves? I learned quite quickly with our first child that in reality the challenge was not with baby Isaac, but the challenge was with baby Paul. That is with myself. 
Am I being forced? Yes, forced to think of someone besides myself on a daily, if not hourly basis. It was a humbling experience. And all these years later, continues to be. But the lesson was simple. In order to be able to take care of that child, I had to take care of myself. I had to keep the old Adam under control within me, to be in the proper frame of mind, to do what needed to be done with love and care and concern. So much more can be said here, but let's stop. Let's stop with the simple idea of acknowledging that our old Adam needs to be kept in check. And the simple way to begin to do that is through a daily control, a daily discipline of our bodies. Easy? No. No, not really. But of benefit? Yes. Yes. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing the creed. <laughs>